Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here once again with the last week in Mortgage Today, where we run through the week that was in the never dull mortgage industry. Uh, each week, uh, really pleased to be joined by one of our lender members as my co-host. And this week, back in the co-pilot seat, the president of CLM Mortgage, Sandra McDowell. Sandra, great to see you. Thanks so much. Happy to be here, Rich. And I want to get into CLM a little bit and give you a little overview of the company, just to baseline with our members. But first off, you guys are based out of Houston. You guys got to be going nuts with the World Series. A little, little rain out last night and back at it tonight. So, Yeah, yeah. you go out my door and look at the cubicles. It's a sea of orange. See, Astro I got a, Orange. I got a hell of a team. It's uh should be an exciting series. It uh, they've been the best team all year. Philly kind of limped in and uh um it should be should be exciting as a as a big baseball fan. I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Yeah, it's gonna be an exciting week. Very cool. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, and as always, any comments, questions, thoughts, anything that anybody has to contribute to the show. Um, please just feel free to do so in the chat or the Q&A, and we will incorporate it into the show. For those of you listening on podcast, uh, where the majority of you consume the show, check out to do a better job mentioning it at the beginning. Join our live broadcast every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Go to mortgagecollaborative.com. You can register there. So, so Sandra, um, if you could start CLM Mortgage. You guys are unique in uh, some ways, and I would love if you just kind of give an overview of the organization before we get into the discussion. Sure. Um, we are CLM Mortgage. We're actually owned by a home builder by the name of Chesmar Homes. Uh, we are in uh, most of or in all of the big markets in Texas. Uh, we have three communities or three offices in Houston, one in San Antonio, one in what we call Central Texas, one in Austin, and also one in Dallas. Um, we are a little unique than most builder-owned mortgage companies to, because we do uh, retail outside of Chesmar. Uh, last year, 30% of our business was uh, business outside of Chesmar. Other home builders resell homes, some refis. Uh, so we're a little bit different, um, but that kind of suns us up. Cool. And I'm yeah, eager to get your, your thoughts and takes on the home builder side of our business. We'll get into that a little bit a little bit later in the show, but just been a big topic of interest uh, with our members. Obviously, inventory being a big issue. And we've had the National Association of Home Builders uh, CEO, Jerry Howard, speak at our last couple of conferences. So I'm like, you know, we got to get Sandra back on as co-host. Always love getting your perspective and uh, we'll do that. Let's start, though, uh, the news of the week, the uh, Federal Reserve uh as they have been for the better part of the last year in the headlines as they start today, their most recent two-day policy meeting that will conclude tomorrow afternoon with establishment of the new federal funds rate, largely expected to be increased by 75 basis points from the current level. And uh, I don't think there's going to be any deviation for that. More importantly, obviously, all of us that are interested market watchers um, looking for changes in the Fed's tone, their stance, any little tiny deviations in their language at all is immediately scrutinized. The second Mr. Powell uh, gets done speaking and then the subsequent press conference. And if you look at the Fed's dilemma, it's I'm talking about it, right? They're trying to stick the landing. Inflation is broiling and much, much higher than is healthy. 
Um, and they're trying to tamp that down through rate increases. Have been some positive signs. The last two inflation numbers we got were less hot than expected after a trend of the opposite. Um, but then this morning, we got the JOLTS report, which is an employment report, basically showing total job openings created month over month. And it was it's a little backward looking. This was from September JOLTS report, but was better, better for the labor market than expected. The employers keep hiring, keep opening jobs. So in it, all of that long-winded way of kind of laying out the Fed's dilemma right now is they're starting to get some data that that indicates that what they're doing is working, but then you're kind of getting conflicting data. So, man, we have a really hot, people are still spending money, employers are still hiring. So uh, kind of a quandary the Fed has. And uh, yeah, as the president of a mortgage company, I just interested in your, your perspective. Well, I mean, you know, there's no question we've been on a wild ride uh, these this year on uh, watching the market, right? I mean, even Monday or yesterday was kind of a wild ride um, in the bond market. I, you know, I think it's going to be, it is a challenge. Um, you know, they raise too high. It could truly hurt the economy. And if you don't raise enough, you know, we're um, still going to stay in this possible recession. Um, you know, everybody's predicting it to be, to, to rise through, you know, three quarters of a point tomorrow. Um, which hopefully that is the case. You know, at some point in time, they had talked about one, one and a quarter. Um, so hopefully, though, we are seeing a little bit of a, 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 maybe a little bit of a change. You know, speaking of a home builder, you know, one of the problems that we've had uh, is just supply, right? I mean, you know, there's been several, um, we haven't been able to get lumber or the cost of lumber has been so, so high or, I mean, we couldn't get garage doors or we couldn't get appliances. And and when we could get them, I mean, the cost of them were just crazy, which has also caused the increase in housing prices as well. Um, we are seeing some uh, improvement in that. Um, so hopefully that shows a little bit of, of maybe, you know, the pricing settled down a little, set to settle down a little bit. Yeah, it seems like this, you'd know better than me, some of the supply line stuff is starting to abate a little bit, yet there are lingering issues. And, it, you know, it seems like overall the problem is better. But then it seems like each week I still hear some kind of story about, oh, hey, there's a shortage on fill in the blank of this obscure thing that you'd uh, not expect a shortage of. So not out of the woods yet. And I would imagine, obviously, some of the things going on geopolitically in Ukraine and elsewhere also is contributing to a lot of these issues here at home in America. Oh, absolutely. And it's surely is, you know, top of mind for sure. Yeah. yeah and housing starting to become a little political as we get into the election season and uh, obviously a midterm election now and, you know, the fate of the house and the Senate in balance and, you know, not get, don't get political on this show, but we're always looking at the ways that the changing political winds can impact our industry. And, you know, if you look at, you know, in housing, right, some of the if you if you have the Republicans win the House and the Senate, that obviously uh, gives that side a lot of power. Um, it seems like mo the majority of our industry leans to the right, yet a lot of the policies uh, of the left have been more beneficial to our industry. So as we look at the midterms, I mean, the things that are kind of in play, get the CFPB, obviously, right? right. Whoever's president kind of controls that. But the the teeth of that organization uh, are, are kind of in balance. And 
also it's heading to the Supreme Court now that their funding source is unconstitutional. So there's that. Um, there is, you know, GSE reform. Uh, Democrats stay in power. We're going to see nothing there. If Republicans gain power. You may start to hear more about that. Um, under Republican power, you're not going to have any kind of first-time homebuyer tax credit or anything like that. And the one consistent, I think, regardless of what happens, I think we're going to see a reduction in FHA premiums um, probably sometime or shortly after the the midterms. Uh, but any thoughts on just any of the issues in housing and uh, you know the how the midterms could could impact them? Well, you know, I really am encouraged and hope to see that, you know, we do see a decrease in the, the FHA premiums. I think that will help um, in the home buying process, um, you know, in a really, really tough time. Um, I, I would hate to see that the first time tax credit goes away, um, but that is obviously a, a possibility. Um, and I don't, you know, it always comes up with Fannie and Freddie and um, you know, do they reform it? Do they not? Um, I, I, I don't think either party, I don't, I don't want to be political. So I don't know if anything will happen there. Um, but I think it's important for, you know, and I think this is what's difficult for the feds is because, you know, home, home ownership is, is very important to us all and rising interest rate really knocks out a lot of possible homeowners. And um, so I think it's going to be a really tricky time over the next 12 months, um, whoever gets in power. You're right. I mean, just, every, you know, as we've watched rates increase this year, like every time they go up a quarter, it's knocking out, you know, a certain percentage of, of el- you know, previously eligible borrowers just do to affordability issues. And I can imagine your LOs and a lot of LOs all over the country, they're through a lot of the great tech and CRMs and tools that we have available to us now, like knowing their head, like, Hey, if seven and a seven, if seven and a quarter becomes six and a half, these, this pool of people um, becomes more, more in play than, than they were other otherwise. Uh, correct. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was at the NBA conference last week um, and Dave Stevens, the previous uh, president of the NBA he really believes, um, you know, by the end of next year, fourth quarter of next year, we may see a decline in rates to five and a half. Um, and that would be fantastic. You know, it could that could really um, not only benefit for some home buyers, but would also benefit business for refinances of people who bought it seven and a half. Absolutely. You got those right. Those, I mean, every house that's going on the market right now is getting bought. It's getting gobbled up. Yep. Maybe a few days slower than before but still fast and it's a whole new wave of people as we know in this industry that become that become refinanceable and uh the fha premiums it uh you know you can just tell by the kind of the, the way the winds are blowing that that something's coming there and oh yeah um I, i'm i'm start i've heard some 25 up front and and uh 25 monthly i think that would be a nice thing to your point every little bit helps especially with the affordability issue we got going on right now Absolutely. And it would truly help those first time home buyers with, uh, you know, even if we've seen a huge, huge increase in housing prices. Right. So, um, you know, now we're seeing them decrease. But even if they decrease, they're still up substantially in price. 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, and then the CFPB, um, you know, just a lot of winds of change there with uh, their funding source kind of coming under criticism and, uh, you know, really starting to uh, get more involved uh, now that uh, Director Chopra has been in place for a while, trying to get him to come out to our conference uh, in San Diego in March. would love to hear him speak and hear firsthand. They sent their director of mortgage markets to our recent conference in Chicago, a guy by the name of Mark McArdle, and had a great session. It was just awesome. It was, you know, uh, it was him and Rob Crisman moderated it and probably 60, 70 of our members in the room. It's just like open Q&A, like, how are you looking at this? How are you looking at that? And it's been the one nice thing these last few years is the leaders in our industry have been much more open to talk to lenders and to take public feedback. And uh, you'd like to think that that has had some impact on decisions and hopefully we'll we'll continue to. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we saw the same thing, you know, um, I've been to your conferences, which one of the things I love about your conferences is that it is just like an open, um, you know, room of people just talking, an open forum for everybody to ask questions. And I think we get a lot of information that way. Um, the MBA, you know, we had guys there from the uh, out there from FHA, and 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 I think they are absolutely looking more um, to the mortgage industry feedback. You know, how do they get better? Uh, what what do they need to watch? Um, and, and that is absolutely refreshing. Because when you're making regulatory changes, it's so easy for there to be unintended consequences, you know, and 07, 08, the vast, vast, vast majority of regulation that was implemented as part of Dodd-Frank was absolutely needed and good for our industry. But, you know, lumped in with that, I worked at a community bank at the time. Some of the ways that Dodd-Frank impacted small community banks that, you know, had no impact in that. It's it's that, you know, it's it's the broad brush. And that's why it's so important, right? If you're going to be making uh, regulatory changes, uh, to talk to the stakeholders involved and at least get their feedback. Noble idea, it seems like. so. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So the home builder side of our business, uh, Sandra, closer to that than most. And I think, you know, you you see, you know, all these home builder sentiment in, index indices and, you know, they're you know, lower than last month and low, you know, the, the pick your headline, depending on how you want to frame the story. Um, but it seems like builders just because of the supply line issue and now the affordability issue, it's, it's, it is like you know like back in the builders used to like build 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 you're building ahead and then selling behind and now it's like all right you know i'm gonna find like the right person and then we'll start building is that does that kind of uh uh synopsize the the builder market right now yeah absolutely i i mean the biggest thing for the home builders at this point is keeping their backlog um you know some of these people that have in the backlog today started their home at three and a half three and three quarters percent interest rate because you have to remember, you know, supply and demand, you know, it, it made our build times longer, right? So, um, and so you have a buyer that started at three and a half, and now they're ending up at seven and a quarter, seven and a half when their house is built. You know, you have a lot of people just doing a cancellation, whether they can qualify or not, it's just not what they signed up for. So that's the biggest stress right now on home builders is keeping people in the backlog um, so they don't end up with a whole lot of inventory on the ground. Um, that said, it's, it's trying to find the bottom, right? I mean, um, 
yeah, home builders, the prices have gone up. Their margins have, margins have been great. You know, you're cutting a lot of margins now, just trying to find the bottle. Um, so I think that's another thing um, a lot of home builders are chasing is, you know, what, where is that number? Um, a lot of them are doing, you know, special financing right now. And, um, you know, we're doing a big, uh, we did a big, huge campaign with our new home consultants because, you know, right now we're selling payment. You know, it, you know, trying to get them to understand price doesn't really matter because majority of people is never going to pay that mortgage off anyway, right? It's all about mortgage payment and knowing how to make it or make how to figure it, knowing how to sell it. Um, so I think all the home builders are going through pretty much the same thing. I mean, you know, new home consultants, if you take a look and say how many people have been doing it for more than five years, it's not that big of a number. So none of them have sold just a lot like our LOs in a rising interest rate. Um, and that is the challenge. Any sense of how the changed in current climate for home builders maybe has affected small builders versus large builders versus like any, the change in this climate and some of the challenges and maybe benefits that the new climate has yielded. Any any sense of how that's maybe either positively or net negatively impacted either really large or really small builders? I don't think any of it has positively affected any of them. I, I think the build, big, bigger builders are obviously can withstand um, a lot and they've, um, they have a lot of homes built uh, ready to be sold and has lost a bigger part of their backlog because they just had more loans or more homes. Um, the smaller home builders, hopefully they didn't overextend themselves and go out and build. Um, I think, and, and this sounds kind of strange, but the, um, the fact that we, we did have a supply problem probably slowed us down in building. Uh, so hopefully that meant the small builders didn't have a whole lot of inventory sitting there. Um, so that might've been a plus for the, for the shortage in inventory. And then speaking of inventory, one of the topics that, you know, constantly comes up on this show and the one I do with Rob Crisman is just, you know, looking at the inventory issue problem in America more holistically and, and thinking about fixing it more long term and not just, you know, there's not many Band-Aid things you could do, I guess, with inventory. But, um, you know, an, an idea that constantly comes up and I've known and done a lot of construction business in my life, known a lot of builders, like, you just can't make money on building a home of a certain dollar figure. Yet, you know, we do need to construct smaller, more affordable homes in America. Um, you know, I've said forever the only way you're gonna you're gonna change behaviors on this issue is with some sort of incentive for the builders. Um, you know, to to make it easier for them to make money of building smaller homes. Is that something that comes up at all in, in your interactions with uh, your builder partner or just in general in Texas, which is to quickly continues to grow quickly? It does continue to grow quickly. And we're trying to find us and other home builders. I mean, um, you're right. Doing a first time home buyer, small homes, um, there's not as much incentive. Um, because, you know, if you, you know, if your margins are 10, 12%, so 10, 12% of 200 is a lot less than 400, obviously. Um, 
you know, and, and one of the largest costs in building homes right now is land. Well, and any time is normally land. You know, the further you go out, the cheaper the land becomes, right? Um, but then you just have a, you know, you have a vendor issue and um, work issue and uh, employee issue as far as getting out there to, to build. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting, um, it would be, I would think it would be great if there was some sort of an incentive to give, um, you know, our population, the ability, we still have a huge population that are not homeowners mm-hmm. and can't become a homeowner because especially now because of price and rate. So I, I think we're missing a segment for sure. Yeah. And I get it. Like multifamily is the easier, like throw numbers at the problem to build apartments or condos or attached housing. It's, you know, you can, you know, make more affordable homes it's cheaper, more efficiently, but day to day, like if we continue on this path where we're not building any homes in America under 350, 400,000, and you know, the ones under that price point continue to be like, you know, just naturally dilapidated off the market when they're, you know, knocked down or, you know, become too old to, there's going to be a a big problem. And uh, I don't know. I just, to me, it, it seems like, it, it, one of those issues that will get worse and worse and worse and government will finally be like, oh, crap, we have to do something bad now as opposed to, you know, taking a look at the landscape of how things are highly likely to play out. You know, the same way the things that are happening now, two years ago, we were kind of saying, like, it's going to be a major problem. All these people refinancing into these rates and the twos and once rates go the other way, nobody's going to want to move. Like, you know, uh, some of this stuff can be kind of predictable. It can be. I mean, it's my goodness, I've been through it so many different times in my lifetime. But, you know, I hope, um, you know, the average sales price in Houston, Texas in general, with the exception of Austin, has been anywhere from 250 to 350 in the past. Not today. I mean, in Texas, we rose more than normal. Um, but if you just take a look at 2008, right, or 2007, the pricing was going up like crazy. And then, you know, Texas got back to 250 to 350. So I'm hoping some of that will happen. Um, and, and the market will take care of part of that. Um, but yeah, it's a it's an issue for sure. Coming in the chat from our friend John Harp, small homes equals zero builder interest, manufacture housing slash prefab homes is really the only solution on affordable new home market. Builders want immediate gratification. I don't blame them. Uh, but yeah, that's a very, I think, realistic uh, part of the market right now. And, uh, you know, manufacture is that anything you guys are dabbling in there down in Texas? We know the you know, the Biden administration is making it a big part of their kind of response to supply. Is that anything you're running into down there, Sandra? No, not that I see. I mean, we've got a couple of um, pockets, you know, coming up around Houston, uh, kind of fill in projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nothing from our, from our company standpoint, we're not looking into yet. Uh, as of yet, I'll never say never. Some of this stuff that is uh, being developed now, really, it's changed my perspective on it a lot. Um, some of these prefabbed homes are like dropping in with cranes or like setting them up in like two, three hours and, uh, you know, can put them on the property of an existing dwelling in a lot of cases. It's interesting stuff that you're certain to hear and see more about as we navigate into a future that where housing inventory still is an issue. Um, 
But I think right now, Sandy, right, it's just a little relief on rates. I mean, man, we even get down to like 6%. It would feel pretty damn good. And how many times have we been able to say, even, you know, we've been in the industry a long time, like not many times we've been able to say 6% would feel good. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just a couple minutes left. Uh, Sandra, just a couple other things. Uh, I uh, just wanted to bring up um, some big news at MBA Annual last week. And not big news, I guess. Stuff we knew was coming. At, uh, FHFA, Sandra Thompson, while there, uh, no specific detail yet, but said they'd be lowering, eliminating uh, delivery fees on affordable um, proper, uh, products and, and for some you know, minority home buyers and flip side, uh, increasing some fees on cash out refis. Also announced formally um, the acceptance of alternative credit scoring models. That's got a pretty long runway. So, um, and, uh, you know, more of like a 2024 thing, but uh, your thoughts on, on those developments? I think they're all good. Um, I'm a supporter of all that. I mean, I, I think um, lowering the fee for your first time home buyer, um, you know, uh, uh, and raising it on cash out makes sense to me. Um, I, I like the fact, I think our credit scoring needs an overhaul anyway. I think it's gotten a little stale. We've been doing it the same way for a long time. So I'm actually excited to see how that all plays out. Yeah, you know, FICO has been around forever and has served the industry well. And, you know, I think part of the hesitation, just some of the inside baseball on this has been like the market knows FICO, right? So the rates that CLM Mortgage is selling is a byproduct of the appetite for mortgage bonds in the secondary market filled with CLM mortgage loans and others. Um, and, you know, so they obviously credit is one of the things they're factoring when they're buying those things and they know FICO, right? So it's, I think that's the the biggest, like, because to so many people are like, oh my God, why didn't this happen forever ago? Because, well, you know, if you, if you underwrite mortgage bonds to something that the, the people that buy them have less confidence in, then it's going to make mortgage rates higher for all Americans. So I just applaud FHFA and Sandra Thompson, the thoughtful way they've done this and sought feedback and are kind of giving this the long runway it deserves. So, Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm excited to see what they come up with. Should be interesting. And it's been an interesting year, Sandra. We never know what to expect in this industry. And I, a year ago, I you are probably hosting last fall this show. And we were talking about, oh, my God, 2021. I Nobody thought it was going to be this great. Like, holy crap, this has been awesome. And now here we are a year later. The wild pendulum in the mortgage industry. Uh, been a challenging year. Uh, any just, you know, parting thoughts for the audience as we as we get into the fourth quarter of what's been uh, kind of a crazy year? You know, one thing I can say is, you know, I've been doing this for a very, very long time. I hate to admit it, but like 40 years. And, you know, we've seen it go up and down and up and down. I will tell you, this has probably been the fastest I've seen it ever go up in, in, in a short period of time. Um, you know, so I, you know, I'm looking forward to, I'm hoping that this is a short little blip. I don't know that it is, but, um, you know, I think we have to go back to the basic, which is what I'm trying to bring all of my people to. Um, we have to go back to the conversations with our home buyers, not just the, check marks. We have to get back to um, absolutely identifying what their best needs are. Um, they deserve that. And um, 
So, you know, it, it, we're back, back to the basics. And I think, um, you know, like I said, it's all about mortgage payments right now and that monthly investment. So we just kind of have to change our mind and just change the way of thinking. Words of wisdom, one of the better closeouts uh, I can remember in this show. And uh, yeah, and I really appreciate you once again joining me uh, to co-host Sanja. Really always appreciate your insight and perspective on the industry and uh, appreciate your membership in TMC. Perfect. Thanks so much for having me. All right. To our attendees, thanks as always for spending 30 minutes of your week with us. We're here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern with the last week in mortgage today. Uh, and until next Tuesday at two, have a great rest of the week, everyone. Take care. Thanks again, Sandra. Uh, thank you. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.